Give me a mic check over there. Check one, two. Check, check one, two. Give me a Sarah laugh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'll try and keep my laughs uh, within that parameter. I'll tell you what, though. This computer chair just continues to lay further and further back. <laughs> I hate sitting in it. Oh, and it messes my neck up. I shouldn't have bought the one that was on sale, apparently. Because you're, you're like... Yeah, right. Having to hold your neck up. Exactly. It's like you're, you know, trying to do an oil change on the Forerunner or something. Or crutches, crutches, crunches. Yeah. Well, this should be, uh, this should be an interesting experiment. Hello to our YouTube viewers. Now they're all gonna see the yards. I have to try and hide. That's okay. From well, the microphone, we now can I gotta still try cut. And hide it from the. We can still cut those out. I feel like if the video goes, if it gets goes shot. well, if if the yeah. footage is approved by yours truly over here. Well, only because like I'm so used to like coming to this at the end of the day. Like mm -hmm. I usually even actually have my glasses on. Yeah. Because I've I've already washed my makeup off mm -hmm. and put all my creams and lotions on. Right. Like. And then Kev was like, "Hey, how about I film it?" I'm like, mm, "How about we don't." <laughs> I just think it's a good time. I think it's a good time to have lots of different options for people to to watch it and see what we're all about. Well, they get to see me in all of my... All your glory. Night cream glories. You don't need it anyhow. Yes, I do. I'm almost 32. It's time to start helping what I can help. Yeah, I need it. That's for sure. I like how you look at me that way. What? I'm like, yep, you sure do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least the haircut you gave me today... Made a big difference. Yeah, but your headphones fit nicely, huh? They do, and you know <laughs> all of my new hats and stuff are fitting pretty good too. So good. yeah, you did a good job. It's a little short, sorry, but it's way short. But I'll take it. it I mean, was... it's your summertime haircut. We'll just let well, that's that, it. We'll let that grow for the next two weeks of quarantine and. Uh, yeah, it's like go who's going to see me anyhow? Well, well, now <laughs> now that your face is on Instagram, <laughs> people are going to see. Yeah, uh, this is true. This is true. Oh, jeez. It's been, it's been crazy. Yeah, so we'll just address the elephant in the room. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, it, you guys know what's going down right now. Um, the quarantine of 2020. The quarantine, you know, and, and the pandemic. And it's it's quite incredible. And, you know, I, I, our hearts just go out to all those who have lost their jobs, mm -hmm. their retirement. I mean, we're only beginning to see the outcome of this whole situation. Yeah. And it really hit home yesterday when, you know, I'm getting phone calls and texts from people. And from friends. From friends who are, you know, losing their jobs already. Right. And businesses having to make really hard decisions. And, and you know, that's that's the other piece of this, not to mention the fact that, you know, over 20,000 people have, have died worldwide from this. And that's just what's reported. Right. You know, and that's just what's confirmed. It could be more than that. So it's um it's quite a harrowing experience for all of us. And it's it's a unique experience just because of the fact that it's so worldwide. Yeah. In a way, you know, it seems like it it definitely brings us closer as as a world and realize that, you know, hey It's a little smaller than we thought it was. It's a little smaller than we thought it was and people are people no matter what country they're in. Right. And um yeah, that's it's definitely been quite the experience, and, and we're still working through all that right now. But I just want to take a second and say thank you to all those who are out there on the front lines fighting, you know, trying mm -hmm. to save lives, trying to 
um, reduce the spread. Thank you to all the people who've decided to stay home. Right. And, you know, be responsible. I know it's with the limited information that we have, sometimes it seems a bit weird and you just kind of want to get out for your little two-week vacation or whatever. But I think as the numbers come in, we're seeing that this is far more serious than, mm-hmm. you know, it was it was first anticipated to be. So, right. um, but yeah, thank you guys for, for what you do, your first responders and your nurses, the doctors, and, you know, the people driving the trucks, getting the food to the grocery stores, yeah. you know, from top grocery to bottom. Grocery store workers. Exactly. All those people who are just and... allowing us to all go home and, and, and sit through this right now. Yeah. So all that to say, we also need to encourage people to be very mindful of their movements, of their travel plans. You know, we were planning on going to Moab. Just right. last, what well, we would have been in Moab right, right now. now, or leaving. <laughs> yeah. This would have been our last day, and um, made the hard decision just based off of the information to to pull the plug on on that whole thing. And it's a good thing that we did because they basically shut down Moab just a few days after that. Right. But um, yeah, I put out a, a video on on YouTube if you haven't seen it yet. Just things to consider and what your impact could be if you did decide, you know, to go to head to the hills, so to speak. Right and attempt to escape this, um, it could have some devastating effects both to you and your family and potentially the communities that you travel through on the way there. Mm-hmm. So um, definitely be very cognizant of, of what that could what that could do to people. Right. So anyhow, enough of the of the downer. Um, we well, just, we not the downer, it's just the reality. It's just the reality. You know, just and, address it real quick. And and, exactly. And I, and I don't want to downplay it, but I know you guys are just, you're just, Indonated with information. so much information yeah. constantly. And so there we go. That's that's what we wanted to say about it. Um, so what have you been doing since all this stuff went down? Uh, well, today was my first day in an official week that I've left the house. And that was just to go to the post office to pick up yeah. a package. Mm-hmm. And then I went to get our 20-pound... Uh, propane tank <laughs> switched out yeah so yeah but basically i've just been at home and i've been homeschooling caroline and just kind of working on those little things that i kept wanting to do but just haven't had the time to like clean my makeup brushes <laughs> <laughs> finally clean the bathroom right, right you know so basically i've just been doing all the things that feel good to me right now yeah. And that's taking care of you all, taking care of myself by walking, by doing yoga, exercising, whatever. Yeah, just basically doing what whatever feels good to me at the moment. Yeah. It's been a strange feeling. I mean, I'm I've been doing my best to edit as many videos as I can. I mean, I have so many video ideas in my spreadsheet that I I don't want I hope this doesn't happen, but if I was to sit here for 6 months, I could literally make videos for the next six months um, just with the ideas that I have and some of the content that I already have. Mm -hmm. But it's also very difficult to be creative in this space as well. You know, when when you're so occupied with with everything that's going on and as you hear more and more people that you know being impacted by it, 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 it does make it difficult to operate. And then we've just condensed three lives back into one home so yeah whereas you know you would be at school for cosmetology 
Caroline would be at school for four days a week. Yeah. I would have, you know, a, a nice window to like really, you know, work on some, uh, some content. And so the little micro interruptions and stuff during the day make mm-hmm. it difficult. And I know everyone out there in the world is dealing with that right now. Um, and just, you know, the kind of the stir craziness that comes from being inside, but really the biggest thing for us that's helped is just to get outside. Yeah. That's, that's the only thing that's yeah. helped. Yeah, and it sneaks up on you, and you realize, wait a minute, I'm, being, I'm a little too upset over this minor thing. So, because I mean, it could be as severe as you can't leave your house. True, like it is in some places. Well, and and just depending on where you where you're located, if you're in a city and if you're in an apartment, like you know, you, you might not have any options to get outside. Yeah, and um, you and know, we live in the middle of two alfalfa fields, so. We honestly, we're probably in one of the best places. It's basically like we're camping in the middle of nowhere, anyhow. Yeah. Um, we just have running water and, and hot showers, and shower, and shower, and roof over our internet. Head right now, so, well, Ish. barely, barely internet. It's it's good enough for the most part for Netflix. But, yeah. Disney Plus is on the struggle train. <laughs> Pretty much. But Pretty what much. if? So, what have we been watching? Um, well, on Disney Plus, we started The Mandalorian. Dude, it's pretty good. It's really good. I just wish it wouldn't stop every yeah, 10 minutes. They don't have their buffer thing figured out like what Netflix does. Yeah, where it can continue to play and buffer. Uh, but basically, basically just that as a family. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, we're not watching anything new. Yeah, but we are pounding some Sam the Cooking Guy on YouTube. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It just food just makes me happy, and he makes <laughs> me happy, and he's funny, and he's not PG. Just for for those of you Ye- who right. are wondering, but Sam the Cooking Guy, look him up on YouTube. Very entertaining. Like if I was to have a cooking show, I wish my alter ego would be Sam the Cooking Guy. Oh, dude, you would you would rock it. You would so rock it. But I think I'm like a little too concerned. Like, am I going to hurt somebody's feelings or? You know, what if they don't like that ch- type of cheese? I'll do. I sh- I should probably do the the type of cheese everybody would like. You know. Yeah. Um, I get a little too much in my head sometimes. Oh, I'd, but I, my alter ego, being sure. a Gemini, like my alter ego is like, <laughs> this is what I like. This is what I'm gonna do. This is how it is. Exactly. Yeah. I you think, you get to see some of that sometimes. Oh, a little bit. I'll tell you what, though, if you were to start a cooking channel, Katie bar the door. I think it would explode. I mean, you kind of already have a cooking channel a little bit. Sort of. Speaking of cooking, how's the uh, how's the cookbook coming? <laughs> <laughs> I've not done anything. You've not really done anything. No. You've got a list. You've got an idea. Like yes, I've I've got uh, I've got a few recipes written down. But I always come. I always say to you, "Hey, and we could write this one down." <laughs> and it's just a thought. Yeah. So. Well, it's time to start putting pen to paper. It is. But at the same time, like you said, it's one of those things where like everything just feels hazed by what's going on. Yeah. That like, I don't know, I'm on struggle training about it. But but you have been able to pull out of it and, you know, do some exercising and things like that. And yeah. So it's it's just going to be the same thing. We're all going to have to. That eventually it'll, I'll roll into it. You know, like I'll feel the desire to be creative again. Whereas right now I'm like, I just feel like I need to maintain. Mm-hmm. What I need to do to get by. No, I get it. I get it. And there's no pressure. You got to do it when you're inspired. Otherwise. It won't be good. It'll it'll weigh you down. But anyway, so Sam has been 
life to us. I've cooked a few of his recipes lately too. So, oh, what was the one we had tonight? Uh, we had his uh, what I forget what exactly he calls his, but like carbonara. So, it's bacon and noodles. Well, he uses uh pancetta, but you can use bacon, mm. any type of fatty meat. Uh, so I used bacon and then spaghetti noodles and then you mix Parmesan cheese with eggs and then you mix all of that together. Wow. It was delicious. It was it was, it was decadent. Like I want to go get a bowl of it right now. Oh. There's definitely leftovers. <laughs> right, we're gonna have to pause the show. Why? It's time for a snack. <laughs> I was like, why? <laughs> People won't mind if I just smack my lips right in the microphone with them. Well, I thought about bringing my candy in because I like candy and a drink. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I figured that probably wouldn't go over so well. We've so. been stress eating a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little. We did definitely the first few days this all started yeah. really happening. Mm -hmm. But I feel like in the last three days, we've I've kind of come over this hump where I'm like, okay. Rain it in. Yeah. This is not benefiting you. Yeah, that's true. But I still have. Have our moments. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I still have my luxuries. Like, sure. There's no problem having candy. Just don't eat the whole dang bag. That's true. You can have whiskey. Just don't drink the whole bottle. That's it. It's all <laughs> in moderation, right? Right. That's true. All right. It's time for the intro. Oh, okay. Go Are ahead. you ready? I'm ready. Welcome travelers, overlanders, weekend warriors, and daily commuters to Campfire Confessions. We are your hosts, Kevin. And Sarah. McHouston of Lifestyle Overland, a husband and wife duo who travels North America and the world with our daughter, Caroline. This podcast, or Fireside Chat, is about us, our travels, our stories, and lessons learned while living a lifestyle a bit outside the ordinary. So, go ahead and pull up a camp chair, a log, or a very large rock around the fire ring here. And as you know, before we get started, we just need to stoke up this fire for a bit of warmth and ambiance. Oh, there it is. We want to take a moment to thank the sponsors of the show. That's right. These are the folks who keep the wind in our sails, our patrons. These fine folks are listeners, subscribers, and followers like yourself who keep the fuel coming and the adventure rolling. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Indeed. Absolutely. So tonight's topic is one that people have been begging for for quite some time, and that is the camp kitchen where the magic happens that's it that's <laughs> it because really overlanding is really not about the destination it's not so much about how you get there it's really all about the amazing food you eat in incredible places so true I mean, they don't realize that like the funny thing is it. is you'll ask me sarah don't you remember this trail my mm, no what we eat for lunch when we stop <laughs> <laughs> that's very true like like we, we did do we that. smorgy smorg here or was it like turkey sandwiches exactly like, yeah hey, remember that place where we had the chili oh yeah i remember mm -hmm. that that's it like i still remember the very first time i made my uh simmering thai curry soup mm. do you remember where we were yeah no you don't that the simmering thai curry the very first time i made it we were camped right outside of, I believe it was Whitehorse, on this lake. And it's where we got to see, um, it like rained, it like drizzled a little bit. And we got to walk down this long road. It's where we also met the couple that had come back from the dumpster, And they were in that teardrop oh, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And Caroline oh, yeah. was best friends with them and their dog. 
Right. And like the and we Eagles. we saw the Eagles. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. See, I remember there because that's the first time I made it. And I was like, I'm a master chef. <laughs> oh, man. That, that stuff is so good. It was so good. I haven't made it in a really, like, probably since we've been on the trail. It's such a unique flavor, too. Yeah. So easy, to. Why is it that food is what creates the environment or how you remember things? Well, I, I think it's all the senses. You know, you, you remember... You know, the smell of the tundra. You remember the smell of the snow at Adigan Pass. Like, yeah. There's, there's smells that go into that. And then you start throwing food into it. And especially good food like yours. I mean, we are not doing the whole chili dog thing. Right. And, and beanies and weenies. Like, this is a freaking gourmet meal mm-hmm. out here in the middle of nowhere. And it, gosh, it just, it takes the experience and it just it brings the level of comfort i think it's like the feeling of home yeah like you're not eating just survival food like you're thriving right in this environment and it's and trying new things exactly yeah so yeah i think it just expands upon the whole experience yeah well and i think also um you know the idea that food always brings people together and us being from the south like you really don't go to someone's house empty-handed yeah. like you bring chips and dip or you bring ba- brownies or you you kind of you don't get together to not just hey let's get together over dinner yeah. let's have a beer <laughs> let's have <laughs> coffee like people don't get together just to meet to meet like yeah they have to have some kind of central yeah if you're getting together especially in the south you're going to be eating something yes yeah mm-hmm. absolutely or there will be some sort of snack <laughs> yeah so that, that that comes honest i mean that's yeah. that's just our background absolutely but yeah it, it brings people together it really does so what got you cooking to start with can you remember like the first things that you cooked consistently and and oh yeah okay what, what was it spaghetti okay i remember uh, my sister and I, uh, I don't know how old I was, maybe like 12 ish, 11, 12 ish, you know? Um, and mom being like, all right, y'all need to learn how to cook something. And I have an older sister and she's 18 months older than me. And so my mom was like, you're going to make the spaghetti tonight. And granted our spaghetti growing up was a pound of ground beef, probably whatever was on sale, a can of Hunt's spaghetti sauce, like The classic, because our family was not very adventurous. And it was 99 cents or whatever it was back then, probably 69 cents back then. And then a box or half a box of spaghetti noodles. Mm -hmm. And like that that was spaghetti. Um, Sometimes we went crazy and had garlic bread, but not, not always. But yeah, I remember, I'm pretty sure, I feel like that was the first meal I made. I'm sure mom probably taught me how to make scrambled eggs and toast in the toaster or whatever at some point in time but i specifically remember that memory like it's playing on a screen in my gotcha and did you do a lot of cooking when you moved out and had roommates and stuff um i've i've there was this brief time when i was in high school where um my dad had lost his job and was working odd and in jobs and my mom had gone to work and i was previously homeschooled and had gone to public school and there were times where, you know, I was getting home and me and my sister were usually making dinner because mom didn't get home till 536 and then mm-hmm. dad would get home after. Um, so I feel like there's this brief 
period in time where two to three times a week we were at least making dinner. Um, but then graduating high school and going into college, uh, honestly, I don't think I really truly cooked that much because I worked at a restaurant. Mm. And so anytime I worked a shift, I usually came home with food and usually tried to come like have leftovers with it. So really, truly do you like, cause we were dating right when I got into college. Right. So I, I don't, I don't think, think so. I know. Not really. Now when we did cook, it was usually pretty doggone good stuff. Yeah. We usually, we did what? Chicken Alfredo was one of our usuals. Yeah. Steak and baked potatoes. Of course. Or whatever. But like, and maybe spaghetti. Yeah. But like, I wasn't doing like chicken pot pies or chili or really much of anything. Well, it was. Usually you, know, you grilled and I made a side. That's true. And <laughs> we know? did some pork chops and things like yeah, that. Yeah. Right. But, right. You know, so veggies and a meat is kind of, kind of what we did. Kind of basic. Yeah. What would you say to someone who's intimidated by cooking, especially like out camping? Just pick a recipe and give it a try. Like if it's got five, five to eight ingredients that like, that's good. That's not too much for you to do. You can handle that. But that's like after we got married and I was convinced I had to be Betty Homemaker, my mom bought me a cookbook, like a Southern Living cookbook or something. I still have it somewhere. Um, and it was like pretty basic recipes. And I remember I would just start picking two to three things a week that I've made. There were some winners and there were some losers. But sure. that's it's not always my fault if they're a loser. Sometimes they're just bad recipes. Well, that's true. I mean, and I can remember that, you know, like especially when we moved to New Mexico and, and you were at home, Pinterest was really big at yeah, that point. Yeah, I was about to say, that's when I got real creative with And cooking. I mean, every time I'd come home, you had something else cooked up from Pinterest. And generally, it was it was pretty it was good. Okay. And then, who did who did I meet? Who did you meet? The Pioneer Woman. Oh, okay, yeah. On Food Network, too. If you had asked me who you started watching, I would have okay. nailed it. But yeah. Yeah. I, I guess in your head, you feel like you've I met I feel her. like I've like met you've, her. You've cooked with her before. Yes. Yeah. I have made so many of her recipes. Yeah. That it's gotten to the point where like, if you're like, what are you making? I'm like, oh, yada, yada. And you're like, I don't know. You just seem a little skeptical. The second I say it's a pioneer woman recipe, you're like, all right, it's going to be great. Oh, dude, you knew knew it was coming. Yeah. Like such good food. And I I feel like like, if you're looking for somewhere to start where food is going to be fresh or, or homemade tasting... You can't go wrong with her. And her stuff is rarely ever very complicated. Sure. So look for a Pioneer Woman cookbook. Yeah. You can't go wrong with any anything she does. Her cinnamon rolls, heaven help. Mm. Well, honestly, in this day and age, especially with YouTube and stuff, there's no reason. Right. To not learn how to do, well, a lot of things, but especially cooking. Right. There's a lot of great channels out there that, that you can follow. Well, along even like with. with Sam the Cooking Guy, like his stuff is ingredient list is probably 10 or less. Oh, yeah. A ma- vast majority of the time. Yeah, it's simple stuff. And, and you can always find shortcuts. You know, buy a rotisserie chicken if you don't want to cook your own chicken. Like, there are people who don't like to touch raw meat. I get sure. it. So, yeah. there's loopholes. So, when we started camping, what were some of the things that we ate? Early oh, on? I was terrified. I was like, really? I don't know what to cook in nature. Right. So, we did hot dogs and chili mostly grilled things like chicken or pork Mm -hmm. chops or steak or i did do like mashed potatoes or like asparagus and canned vegetables and things like that but i wouldn't say i got super creative until really until we went full-time i think yeah yeah i would i would agree with that um 
it's best of my memory. It seems like if we went for a weekend, you know, like the first night would always be like hot dogs and chili because it's easy. Yeah. And if we got there late. And then the next night would usually be like steaks steak and a veggie. Yeah. And then if we were there a third night, it would be hamburgers. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty typical evolution of yeah. what, what, what we would do. Mm-hmm. And we usually had bacon and eggs or eggs and toast or pancakes. Right. Oatmeal. Very simple things. Yeah. And then it kind of evolved from there. But let's dive into the gear really quick. Okay. Um, since we're talking about, you know, actually cooking, you mentioned grilling. So the mm-hmm. first thing that we started with was a little portable. Coleman grill. Coleman grill. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, we still have, it's not the same one, but it's the same model. Yeah. We just haven't used it in a long, long time. Right. But it, it's. Because we'd rather just cook on the turtle bag. <laughs> But it was great because, you know, yes. it had its own bag. It folded down to about a three foot by two foot by 12 inch Well, and size. remember, one reason we really liked it was it was a split grill. And so one side actually came with a griddle yeah. option. Right. And the other side could be grilled. So, like, I could be making coffee on one side and pancakes and bacon on the other. And, and I think or that's... Or vice versa. I think that's something that probably bears mentioning to people who are trying to outfit is, if you can at all get a stove that has two burners. Yeah. Because otherwise you're going to be cooking something and it's going to be cooling while you do the next step. Mm-hmm. So a two burner is probably to have a good meal. And it's, it's you know, we get into that discussion need versus want. Right. But you're going to be happier having two burners at that point. But uh, yeah, that grill is amazing. Um, honestly, I kind of miss it. I miss having a grill because a lot of the stuff that we do now or all the stuff that we do now is on a, is on a stove. But um, after the grill, we went to the, uh, I I (laughs) found a 1970 brand new Coleman, just the classic um, white gas Coleman um, stove. Mm -hmm. And we used that for a bit, just for the nostalgia. A few times, but yeah, it wasn't super reliable. So I'm like, let me just do it on the grill. Oh, right. Yeah, we usually had both with us, actually. Right. Because I was just like you were insistent to make this work. I want. I wanted. I, think, I wanted to go retro. I wanted to have that retro you did. camping experience, and and we cooked some good stuff on it. Yeah, but I honestly I remember maybe using it three times. Maybe so. I I feel like I made yeah. you kind of give up that dream. Yeah. <laughs> Usually I would be over there lighting it, and I turn around, and she's right cooking already, on the grill. Yeah, babe, I got this. Okay. Yeah. Well. I was just trying to be nostalgic and retro and cool. And and usually you would think that I would have gone for that. Yeah, but in the morning of, you're like, give me my coffee. Yes, and my breakfast because I, <laughs> I wake up hungry. You do. You do. So I, I don't blame you there. But then yeah. then the turtle back came into, uh, came into existence. But when we first got it, that was a different stove. I know. That was the, the Atwood that was very low BTUs. And if the wind was even partially blowing, it, it was really hard to cook on. Yeah. But it, it was still fine. It was still a step up. Right. But um, we still took the Coleman grill often with us. Well, yeah, we had, you know, with the, with the trailer, you know, we had all kinds of room on the roof rack at that point. So it's so like, we're like, well, well throw it up not? there. Why not? Yeah. yeah. Especially if we went with a bunch of people, then we could like all grill steaks or hamburgers and stuff. Remember? Yeah. And in those days. Back in the day when we used to go with a lot of people. Yeah. We used to go with, you know, four or five families sometimes. Uh And so, and and it was more of a potluck evolution than what we do now, where generally it's everyone fend for themselves and gather around the fire. Yeah. Back then it was like, oh, we're doing burgers this night. You do this, this, and that, and that. And that was fun. It was. That was fun. 
But yeah, then we went to the partner steel stove. I mean, I already knew that was a better better stove because I'd you know seen other turtlebacks and stuff with them and people camping with them. And boy, that first time using it, dude, we were both just blown away. Like dual awesome. dual ten thousand BTU burners. I mean, you turn that thing on. If you turn it on high, it sounds like a jet engine. Yes. And you know, my first concern was, oh, dude, this thing is just going to be sucking gas so fast. No. But it wasn't the case at all. Uh-uh. Like they have the perfect balance of like economy and output on those things that, you know, it's, it is, and I, you know, I can say this to date, it is the best stove that we've, we've used, we've used so far. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I love cooking on it to the point where like sometimes when I have to cook on my electric flat top stove <laughs> in the house, I'm like, why am I even doing this? Yeah. Let's go crank up the turtle bag. I should. Yeah. Well, the secret sauce to that stove is the partner griddle. Right. That right there, that that quick cooking service. But it took me a little while to get used to it because I was very much in the frame of mind that I was like, I want always want the access to Mm -hmm. two burners. I want to do this on this and that on that. And so it took me a little while to come around to it. But now, I mean, truthfully, I probably cook. Or have cooked 80% of every meal on that thing. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Unless I need to boil something. Yeah. Or make soup. It's perfect for bacon and eggs. Mm -hmm. We've cooked steaks on it. Yep. We've cooked chicken on it. We've cooked, I mean, your hash. You have an amazing hash that you cook on it. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, you know, know, a lot of people cook, um, they're they're big on the uh, Timbo Tusk, Scottle, Scottle. Mm -hmm. Skittle, whatever. I always say it wrong. The disc cooking thing. Right. And they're all about them. They absolutely love them. And this this is what I would say is comparable, Mm -hmm. except it's a flat surface. And um, yeah. It's 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 amazing. It's bomb diggity. Yeah. It's absolutely awesome. It's so good. Now, I do have a package right now in the living room that was sent to me by Camp Chef. And they have a new, what I would say... Probably the closest thing on the market that's comparable to the partner still. Okay. Just looking at the specs and things. Mm-hmm. So while we're here <laughs> um, and not going anywhere for a while, I'm going to do an unboxing and, and test it. And, you know, we can cook on it and see okay. see how it does as well. But that might be a more affordable option, a more available option, because that is the only downside to the partners is they're hard to find and yeah. they're not cheap. No. Um I was actually so impressed with them that it's probably about a year ago. I emailed them and I said, look, you know, I manage social media for a lot of different companies and stuff. And I really feel like you're under marketing yourself. You have the best stove out there. And they said, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> we don't want to sell more. We're, we're actually a steel fabrication company. We're not a stove making company. We make stoves to fill between jobs and we're mm-hmm. not interested in selling more. And so I was a bit disappointed, but, um, you were, you always want everyone to grow. I do. I, I <laughs> Whereas I mean, I'm like, no, babe, it's fine. If that's really where they want to be, that's okay. <laughs> no, I like, get it. No, everyone must. Well, grow. I knew it was a great product and yeah, I wanted sure. to, to, to help them and they politely refused. They brought, very politely help. said, yeah. no, thanks. Yeah. So anyhow, <laughs> Um, we're, we're going to be testing that one. So that might be more of an available, um, product for other people. And, and, and rabbit trail side note, we're going to be doing a lot of different brands and stuff 
in in the future. You know, we I, I found myself being locked into some stuff just because that's the way I've always done it. Right. And it works for me. Uh-huh. But it's not really doing the best service to our viewers for right. us to just be stuck in this this one product line. And so you're going to see some more stuff coming in, going out. And it's not that what we're using is bad. It's just we want to share multiple perspectives mm-hmm. on, on different ways of doing things. So, right. all right, back on track again. So along with the grills, we talked about the griddle. So other pots and pans that I have found to be necessary, necessary in our kitchen is I need at least one soup pot or stock pot mm-hmm. is what it's traditionally called. And then maybe one or two other like skillets, you know, like say, um, you know, I'm just frying a couple eggs for egg sandwiches and have coffee on the other mm-hmm. eye cooking. So I at least like one, maybe two skillets for an option. And then one quart to two quart saucepan mm-hmm. for like rice or boiling potatoes and or warming up canned vegetables and things like that. Right. And then another thing a lot of people don't think about having in their camp kitchen is a colander. Oh, yeah. Or a strainer. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, every time I whip that thing out to drain something, everyone's like, I need one of those in my camp <laughs> kitchen. I'm like, you mean you don't have one? And they're like, no, we just kind of halfway strain the noodles with some of them slipping out. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, is pasta is the gateway to so many meals. Well, my thing is, is I like, I use canned beans. I'm not buying dried beans for the trail. And so like, I always like to rinse them out before I dump them into soups or whatever else. And so like, that's like, initially I was, when we were prepping to go full time and I put that in there, I think even you were like, why do you have that? I'm like, for noodles and beans Mm -hmm. or heck, if you even want to wash fruits and vegetables. I'm the worst about that. I'll be totally honest. <laughs> We've eaten so many pesticides. <laughs> probably. We really probably have. Um, but anyway, so definitely a colander. Um, you know, and then like plates, bowls. Our our method is I preferred having more plates than bowls. So we just have four bowls. And then we have six plates. Because you always need something to like put when you're prepping, you know, putting things on the air and everything. So. Yeah, yeah. Or when you're done, you're like pulling things off, put it on the plate, then you can start cooking something else. Right. But, um, for me, those are essential pots and pans for my camp kitchen. Right. And, and we get a ton of questions about that, that camp gear, and, you know, the kitchen gear especially. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a real quick plug, if you go to amazon.com slash shop slash lifestyle overland, that'll take you to our store. And we're in the process of populating a lot of those things, but that camp kitchen stuff is in there and you can mm-hmm. see all the stuff that we use because it took us a while to land on some what things we really that liked. we really wanted. Now, the pots and pans right out of the gate, we're pretty satisfied with, uh-huh. but it was the plates. Like we had plastic plates. And let me tell you, plastic and like greasy food and trying to wash it in lukewarm water at camp yeah. doesn't work because you either have to use so much liquid soap that now you're having a hard time getting that off. Um, well, my biggest thing was is like how you can score plastic plates. Like if we're cutting yeah. steak and stuff like that, like right. after a while, it's like, are you really clean down in there? Oh, that's it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it. And so we started with, I think it was a GSI uh-huh. kit 
you know, that came in like the bag and it had these little cups. Plates and bowls and and cups. And that was fine. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess it bears mentioning too that we were just like everyone else when we first started and (laughs) we usually had a big old stack of paper plates and a big old roll of paper towels Mm -hmm. and some red Solo cups. Like you, you grow up doing that. That's the picnic thing. Right. And you don't realize, and it, it, one day it just started dawning on us as we were outdoors more and appreciating the outdoors more and more that we started looking at how we were going about certain things. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh my gosh, look at this bag of trash that we're bringing out of here. Right. That was that was my, our biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Is I remember like for a weekend, sometimes we were coming out with two bags of trash. Right. Well, you figure three people, mm-hmm. three meals a day, nine paper plates, some plastic forks, like... All of that was just adding up ridiculously fast. And we're like, we, I feel bad. Like, let's back off of this. And so that was the first step was going to the plates. Mm-hmm. And um, we went to the plastic plates and those were okay for a while. And then um, we were like, something's got to give. This, yeah. These aren't going to find These are going to last yeah. the way that we want. And then we stumbled on. I Don't quote me on this. You can look on the store. But it, I think it's MSI. They have stainless nine inch flat plates and dude those are the ticket now Mm -hmm. caveat to that if you put something stinking hot on it right i was about to say that you better have a towel under it or something like that but other than that you can just hammer down on a tough steak and and not have to worry about scoring that thing to death yeah i love them so much yeah and then and then we found the bowls yes to match absolutely so the stainless bowls the stainless plates make a make a big big difference and yeah. they're, they're, and they're really, so easy to clean and they're thin and they're lightweight they're probably lighter than the enamel wear that a lot of people run uh-huh you know but don't get me wrong enamel that's a wa- classic vintage look <laughs> enamel wear is instagram worthy stuff but right We've been really happy with the stainless plates that that we've got. And they travel well. You know, they even with the rattling and stuff with, you know, rough trails and stuff like that, they they take it like a champ. So they've been amazing. So along those lines, another thing that we improved on too was what how we carried and consumed water. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. So in the beginning we were taking like gallon jugs. Or we were taking like a case of water bottles. That's really where we started. That's where we started. Was taking a case of like what twenty four water bottles. A big old case of water bottles. Yeah, yeah. And then we were, uh, and then we were like, mm, that's a lot of trash. Okay, let's buy cups and take gallon jugs of water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we each got to pick our own color of Contigo stainless steel cups. Mm-hmm. And then did the gallon jugs. And then just recently, I decided that we were going to start buying five-gallon jugs of water. And I found this awesome little USB-charged water pump. Mm -hmm. And it was like $24 on Amazon. And you push the top button, and it turns on a pump, and it squirts the water out. And you push the button again, and it turns it off. And so for the first time... Last weekend, mm-hmm. two weekends ago, we took it with us and just had it nestled in the storage compartment of the turtleback, never dump, dumped over or anything like that. And it was... It was so nice. It was primo. It was so... And honestly, I drank more water because I wasn't having to dig out a gallon jug again. Yeah. Yeah. And the so so like the progression from the water bottles to the gallon jug, you know, that, that reduced... The footprint. Right. 
pretty significantly because mm-hmm. we would even refill the gallon jugs and stuff. Yeah. But to go to the five gallon where you just take it in and thump, you throw it in the, the exchange thing, you grab Get another one, one. And, you're, and you're on your way. So uh, that was, that's been a game changer. And, yeah, and we're drinking, sure. we're drinking water so much more often now at this point too. So that makes a big difference. Yeah. And I kind of drink water like a camel anyway. Yeah. So I felt like I was drinking <laughs> a whole gallon to myself most days. Yeah. But well, yeah. And, and speaking of which, let me run down a quick little rabbit trail when we're talking about this. When we went to Alaska, um, you know, people ask, why, why aren't you drinking out of the turtle back? Like mm-hmm. you've got 48 gallons of water in there. Mm-hmm. The thing about that is, yes, in an emergency situation. We did. We, we, we did mm-hmm. and we will. But the water that we put in there comes from many different sources, sources that we can't control. So if we have the opportunity to reduce our exposure to different you know, water sources and what may or may not be in there, right? All the better. So, so the water in the turtle back is for washing dishes, brushing our teeth, taking, taking a, shower. a shower, like minimal exposure kind of stuff. I mean, even cook. Like when I would boil things, right? I used turtle back water. I didn't use our bottled water, right? But I knew I was boiling it. Exactly. Exactly. So it was just like a little extra step. Um, but what we what we did is we took a. Uh, you you saw in the video where we were washing the mud off of the trailer. That was a little sump pump that we had taken where we could plug it into our inverter. But the second secondary step to that is if we needed drinking water, we had the Life Straw. I think it's called the Mission, and it's like a twelve or sixteen liter bag mm-hmm. that you fill up and you hang up, and then there's a there's a filter that you plug on the bottom of it. And uh, we just recently we did with with all the stuff that's going on. There were no bottles to exchange yeah. at the grocery stores. So we strapped that thing up in the uh, double wide here and, and processed our, our well water because while we, again, would drink it, we don't know the source. And it's it smells really sulfury yeah. because we are in old field country here. Mm-hmm. And so um, more of us just being water snobs, it we was are, nice. To, <laughs> we are a little bit. We are a little bit. It was nice to filter that down, and it tastes it tastes, it great. tastes great. So yeah. we have three five-gallon jugs in there, just slap full now. So, yep. yeah. Um, I just bring that up because as you're building out your water kit, you may consider having some, tor- some sort of filtration system if you were to get um, in a position where you needed extra water. And we keep saying we're going to put a filtration system on the turtle back. It's just one of those things that it's on the list of things to do that we just haven't gotten to yet. Sure, and... So. Um, Keith has actually done that on his, uh-huh. so he put in because they drink out of theirs. They do. Oh, they. Uh, and we were always like, "You guys drink out of your." But they trailer? always fill but up. But they at, only fill up at home. They only fill up at their own house. Yeah. And uh, but no, he put a uh, a UV filter on there, and it's pretty high tech. It's about seven hundred dollars. It's not cheap. But oh, okay. Looking back, <laughs> it'd be nice to have that on the turtle back yeah. right now as well. So um, so yeah. As you build out your kitchen kit, water is very much a part of that whole process. So think through how you're going to carry it, Mm -hmm. um, how you may need to filter it. And another pro tip, throw a couple of the live straw, just the straws Mm -hmm. in your little survival kit there because those are are good to have as well because you can just stick it down in a a stream or a bucket if you absolutely needed to. But uh, yeah. That's our that's our water evolution. So now can we talk about something that is really near and dear to my heart? <laughs> What's near and dear to your heart? 
I love meal prepping. Yeah, you do. And I love meal planning. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the only way for me to not spend a fortune at the grocery store and not have to go two to three times a week, mm-hmm. I began meal planning a long time ago. Re- well, really after Caroline was born, because I was legit a stay-at-home mom at that point. Like right. Before I was working, so I had an income, you had an income, we went out to eat a lot. Yeah. Um, and there's a time and a place for that. But uh, so meal planning and meal prepping has really one saved a lot of money Two, it also helps me know, okay, the baby didn't take a nap today. I've got to get food on the table. What's on Tuesday. Oh, it's chicken thighs with mushroom gravy and rice and green beans tonight. Mm -hmm. You know, I love food anyway. I was the child when I was little. My mom has told me stories where I would wake up in the morning and be like, Mom, what's for breakfast? Right after I finished breakfast, hey, Mom, what's for dinner tonight? <laughs> and she'd be like, I don't even know yet. Just go play, you know? Mm-hmm. So you, you are a creature of habit. I am. Like, you have a routine, and if that routine gets snagged in any way, it ruins your day. I, it does, and I have to, like, mourn the loss of it for a little bit, and right. then I can sometimes recoup and... Mm-hmm pull myself together but sometimes sometimes it's not very often but honestly so long as i can keep my food the same or what i have originally planned then it doesn't really matter what's happened Mm -hmm. like there have been many a times where you're like well maybe we'll go do this i'm like well that's during the lunchtime we we can't do it during (laughs) lunchtime (laughs) like and yeah. I'm also the type that no matter what the time zone is, is the if the clock says twelve o'clock, eleven thirty, twelve o'clock, it's lunchtime. <laughs> Doesn't matter what my stomach might be used to. Uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah. but yes, I love meal planning and meal prepping. Mm-hmm. So I feel like for me, that is what has allowed can allow creativity. Sometimes you do get in ruts with it. You know, like Taco Tuesday and then Wednesday we'll have spaghetti. You know, like every week is kind so, of the same. So let me stop you there. How do you come up with your ideas? So so if, if I was to say, hey, we're going to go on a camping trip for five days. What's what's your first step? What are you going to do? I mean, you let's let's rewind because you kind of have a lot of ideas already in your head. But, sure. But back in the day, mm-hmm. where would you go? What resources would you use to start planning a, a camping trip meal meal? set up well like you said before we kind of had the same three to four meals um and then when we kind of started getting bored of that um i went to cookbooks um i found pinterest wasn't that reliable for a while there <laughs> yeah. um i had i went through a season where i had a lot of duds or I, like i think the trolls found their way to pinterest at one point i guess and really put in some they jacked some beautiful stuff pictures up. but some wrong <laughs> recipes okay <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of quit on that and uh-huh. went to the tried and true. Yeah. Um, and so one thing I started doing is I would look, up, I love to read cookbooks like their novels. And so I just started, I would pick probably a pioneer woman cookbook. Cause I had a lot of, I have a lot of those and I'd be like, okay, I want to pick one new recipe to cook this week. So we can still do our steak night and we can still do hamburgers. But on this night, we're going to do something different. Right. And usually it was, I wanted a different protein because I don't want to do beef, 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 you know, whereas I'm okay with that though. see, I am now, <laughs> now that I've tried another form of cooking. Sure. Um, but 
at the time, I thought, oh, no, we need to have a different protein every night. We have beef one night, pork one night, chicken right. one night, maybe vegetarian if I can get that by, you know. Right. Breakfast one night, you know, kind of thing. So usually I would just go to my cookbooks and I would pick one new recipe. And the key to that, too, is one, I had time being a stay-at-home mom that when I knew we were going to go camping, I would start to maybe pre-cook some of the things before we left. Mm. So or like go ahead and chop vegetables, um, go ahead and cook the meat that needed to go in something so that when it came around to it, it wasn't taking forever well, to yeah. put dinner together. Or and back in the day when you had a vacuum sealer, you would have stuff mixed in with the marinades. Yeah. And it's just like in a packet and you just right. flap that flop that out onto the uh on the griddle. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So there's ways to make it easy. There is, yeah. If you if you really are planning ahead and looking I mean you could even like spend a weekend and make camp meals with your vacuum sealer and freeze them and then mm-hmm. hey we're going camping this weekend okay babe and yeah. pull your things out you know order your stuff online now pick it up on your way out of town boom well that's it yeah that's the way to do that yeah so on a rainy weekend when you didn't go camping you could vacuum seal and prep your stuff vacuum seals are not that expensive online anymore people oh no they're not that bad so how has the snowmaster worked out for you as far as you know, we have the 67 liter. How many days of food could you actually put in that? First of all, everyone should just have that size. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're a tiny little family of three. And right. we have, isn't that the next to biggest one? No, isn't no, there no, one no, bigger? No. They, they've, I think they have a 95 liter now. Oh, good Yeah, gracious. it's like the whole back of a forerunner. No, that's, that's excessive. <laughs> If I was feeding an army, maybe. Right. But um, no, this has been the perfect size for us because we've even had moments where we've made the smaller compartment a freezer because we wanted ice cream or we wanted ice for drinks because it was a hot weekend or something Mm -hmm. like that. And uh, it is it is the perfect size. And I have a specific way that I pack it. And like, I don't let you touch the fridge. Like you tried to pack it one time for like, if you're going on a trip, you know, do whatever you want. Right. But if I'm going to be there, (laughs) (laughs) there was one, I remember there's one time in Valdez, we had stopped to get groceries and we had to do it for some reason, kind of quickly. I can't remember why. Yeah. We were with, uh, Live Work Wonder Wonder. and Jessica and Jorge. Yeah. I think we were just trying to go find camp before dark or something. Yeah. I think that's what it was. And so I remember you were helping me unload groceries, but I didn't want you to put groceries away in the pantry because I watched you and you were doing it wrong. And you're like, well, I'll go do the fridge. And I'm like, okay. And then halfway through, I'm like, no, I don't want you to do the fridge either. So it was just one of those things. I'm like, can you just stand there and look pretty? (laughs) Go, you know, tame Caroline and I'll take care of this. Um, But yeah, the, the Snowmaster fridge has been impeccable. It's, it's been it's been the best setup we've we've run for a long time. It really, really has. Yeah. Like it's been like I have had maybe seven days, maybe ten days worth of food in there. Depending on what you pack, yeah. Right. So like on for example, on the smaller side, on the lower compartment is where I would put all of my meat. Mm-hmm. So like bacon, lunch not usually lunch meat, but like bacon, ground beef, chicken, anything. So that if it leaked, it 
only leaked on each other or onto the right. bottom of it. Yeah. It didn't get on anything else. And then usually the top of that section was lunch meat and then condiments and mm. anything else, cheese, yogurts and stuff like that for Caroline. Right. And then in the big compartment was usually, we didn't do a lot of superfluous things. Like I no. did not buy orange juice. Um, Caroline, we would let her have Capri Suns and things like that because we would have beer or something in there. Right. You know, like, so if we were going to have... We all a, had our little treat drinks right. we'd throw in every now and then. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but usually it was like milk, eggs, maybe like soy sauce or, you know, some other kind of condiment and things like that. Yeah. But, and usually that had like my other, my vegetables and if I had fruit to go in there or something like that. But right. um, usually anything that was really tall would go in, in that compartment. Gotcha. But, yeah, the Snowmaster, I, I love it. I uh, absolutely love it. it. Yeah, it's been a game changer. Yeah. Any fridge is a game changer, but then that one definitely stepped yes. up the whole, whole Everything stays the right temperature. Right. So along with food, um, one of my favorite things about traveling is <laughs> I loved grocery shopping. Yeah, you've had some different experiences, haven't you? <laughs> yes. Like... Uh, so Costa Rica was fine. I liked grocery shopping there. It was a little more challenging because everything was in Spanish. Luckily, I kind of knew the Spanish words for the things that I needed right. for the most part. But when we were in Canada, things were in French and or English. Mm -hmm. And so it was very easy to grocery <laughs> shop there. But they also had super interesting things or combinations of things. And so it was really like... There were just times where I, I'm, I think the first time I was really like, oh my gosh, what's it going to be like grocery shopping in a foreign land? It's not a foreign <laughs> land. But Can it was, Canada wasn't. Yeah. No, but it was, this, it was just fascinating. Like you went into their equivalent of their Walmart because I found I didn't like shopping at Walmarts in Canada. Right. I liked their version better. And what was it? What was it called? Was it Canada Tire or something? Like we didn't even know it was a grocery store. I don't remember. It was named something that made you think it was like an auto parts store. Yeah. Well, we shopped at one of those one time, but I shopped at a different one the other time. It was almost like a Target. Oh, okay. Like they had super cute clothes and mm -hmm. like make, like I wanted to just shop to shop. <laughs> but anyway, um, I remember I was going to go and pick a, um, eggs and they had quail eggs. What? You don't go into grocery stores in the United States very easily and right. find quail eggs. Right. I don't even know if you went into Whole Foods if you would find quail eggs. Maybe not. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. You can leave that in the comments. Right. I don't have a Whole Foods in my town. Maybe so AJ's I don't shop there. Fine Foods in Phoenix or something like that. Right. Yeah. But like this was like right next to your classic white eggs and then your farm fresh brown eggs mm. and then organic eggs and then there's these tiny beautiful little quail eggs. Like I just remember being like Kevin there's quail eggs here, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, like buying cans of vegetables and buying it based on the picture because it was in French, you know, like I remember buying corn and it had, it had an English label on one side, you spin it around and it had a French label oh, on the that's other so side. Cool. That's crazy. Um, so I, and I remember grocery shopping in Jasper. Mm -hmm. Remember when we went to that teeny tiny little grocery oh, store yeah. down there? And I told you, I was like, Kevin, I saw a can of spaghetti sauce for eight bucks. Oh yeah. The, the prices up there were much different. Yeah. <laughs> at least the exchange rate was in our favor at that time. Yeah. For the most part. But that's also like, that's Jasper. Like that's, 
a very huge touristy place. Oh yeah, they have every right to jack up the price. You know, <laughs> It'd be like going to Sedona or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and trying yeah. to grocery shop. Sure. Um, but and then I remember grocery shopping in Whitehorse and you know stuff like that. What was what was the strangest shopping experience? That oh, you've Inuvik. Had? Inuvik. Oh yeah. Yeah. Don't you think? Because it, it, it's like yeah. it had a Sears or so. So there was like. There was like the grocery store, and in between it, there was like this little, little, food little fast food food court, tiny little food court. There's a pizza hut and KFC. And then there was like, like three that. snowmobiles, and then like a place to sit and eat your food, and then it was like clothes. Clothes. <laughs> yeah. Very. I would say that was that was pretty pretty unique. Uh-huh. I will. Uh, although Tuck to Yuck Tuck, when you did you go in the grocery store at Tuck to Yuck Tuck? No, I went in McPherson. Oh, that's right. Yeah. McPherson was pretty cool. Uh-huh. But it's basically like this steel structure. Yeah. It looks like what we would consider a farmer's co-op. Yes. Very like, much so. Like it looks like you would pull up and buy hay and feed in there. Right. But yeah, it's it's very utilitarian up yeah. there. But they, they still had great options too. Yeah. But Just they expensive. were very expensive. Oh, Lord. Especially yeah. Tuck Toy Tuck. I don't think we bought anything at the grocery store there. Um, but I, I also enjoyed grocery shopping in Alaska. And uh, I think we even went into the little store that was up in, uh, what was Dead Horse? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was actually pretty cool. Yeah. I think, uh, what was a can of Spam was like $8 or something, something like that. Like that. I they didn't it. have a lot. No. Uh-uh. Very much. But yeah. So... Even grocery shopping there. Once you started getting down towards like Anchorage, it felt very, even in Fairbanks, to be honest, felt very Americanized, you know, at that point in time. But yeah, more civilization for mm-hmm. sure. But I remember seeing chips and being like, hey, y'all's chip habit needs to go down. <laughs> like a Lay's bag of family sized potato chips was $11 at one point. Oh, in Fairbanks. yeah. Yeah. Still worth it though. No, it was not. I love my potato chips. But then we also started trying, remember the Alaskan kettle cooked chips? Oh, man. And the popcorn? We had so many good snacks. See, that, in those were af- affordable that yeah. we were like, okay, well, we'll try these. Well, again, the exchange rate was in our favor. So every chance we got, we were, well, we were <laughs> trying something new at the needless gas station. to say, I gained 10 pounds. Yeah. But it was happy pounds. Yeah, I couldn't see it, though. You're so sweet. I couldn't. Thanks. We were all bundled up. So That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Yeah. So with all that being said, uh, I think necessity is what create what is what helped me be creative. And sometimes just what was available helped me be creative. And and also, too, sometimes if we had a little downtime with Signal, I did go to Pinterest because I didn't have my cookbooks. And I would be like, okay, we've got to try some something new. I need a new soup. And so I would look up soup recipes mm-hmm. and then picked the one that sounded the best that I feel like I can make with less ingredients right. and still be delicious. Thus, my Thai curry soup is how that happened. Oh, that was such a... And over time, just being like, okay, I'm going to tweak this. I'm going to add lime. I want cilantro in this. And then mm-hmm. it's going to be over rice, like, you know, kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, so you start the with the set, base and then you kind of grow it to your flavor. Right. Like I always follow, usually always follow the recipe the first time. And then the next time I change some things. Sure. Sure. So. Well, that's the beauty of it is you start with something that's close to what you really enjoy and then, then put your own little spin on it. Yeah. So definitely. what's, what's just, as we get towards the end of this here, what's some of your favorite recipes that we've made on the trail? Oh, uh, 
definitely that the Thai curry soup that I've talked about. Um, I love my chili. I feel like I make really bomb chili. And then I also love doing our burrito bowls. Remember that the episode where I did that? Mm -hmm. And then, but I also can tweak those bowls to kind of be anything I kind of want it to be. You know, if like we've got leftovers of something, then, oh, it's going to go with rice and chicken. Well, a burrito (laughs) is make it what you You know, we can do like a barbecue one and do, you know, barbecue sauce with chicken and rice and whatever else kind of thing. So, and then camp pizza. That I can't believe how good that turned oh, out. So good. So um, good. and then my hash. That uh-huh. was something that I always fell on towards the end of the week where I was like, I'm gonna chop up a sweet potato or white potato. We've got this and this that's left over. I'll add that and boom, we have a whole new meal and we've cleaned out the fridge. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So those are probably my top faves. I w- I would have to agree with those. Um obviously steak. Is, yeah. is always such a camp favorite for me. <laughs> and then recently, our recreation of a cheese crystal, mm. but with mm. like really good savory components and stuff so that you enjoy it too. It's not just a gut bomb, but like something that's... Right. Oh, and, and that's going to be a video coming up when we went with the uh, Epic Family Road Trip up yeah. here in Lincoln National Forest. We we did a video on, on how to make those mm-hmm. and it was so freaking delicious. Oh, it was so good. Oh, we actually had them again last night. Yeah. Yeah. Last uh-huh. night and then I had them for lunch today. And so I kind of have good. an idea of how I could like meal prep that. Oh, nice. Nice. Just thinking ahead. Okay. So continue to learn, continue to grow. That's right. Um, I think we probably need to mention though We've talked about like ideal situations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've we've had meals in some not so ideal situations. How did you go about coming up with those things and and what are some things you typically make when it's just either cold or windy or rainy? Sure. Uh so if the kitchen is well stocked and say it's super late or the weather is really bad, um we usually always fell onto our smorgasmorg, which is our charcuterie board. So we would just do cheese and crackers, sliced up some apples, cucumbers, basically kind of anything snacky-ish that we could either eat in the car or eat in the tent. Um, Now, for example, uh, we were, we decided to camp in Attigan Pass for what, almost three, I think think it was was three three days, days, three solid days. Um, on our south uh, southbound and it was snowy and very cold and like wet yeah. like it was, the air the humidity was very high the air was very wet right um but there were things that i needed to cook so that didn't go bad um and so i remember it was almost dinner time caroline was complaining about being hungry so was i i was like i have to go down out of the warm tent and cook dinner in the cold. And I remember, do you remember what I made that night? No, I don't. You don't? I don't. <gasps> I made beef and vegetable soup. Oh, yeah. Oh. And it was really good soup. Oh, yeah. Now, the only thing that I wish I had made to go with it now is corn cakes. Oh, a little bit of cornbread. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That sounds good. But that was an instance where I was like, you know, I just have to bite the bullet. Yeah. And we did have the awning out over the kitchen. So, like, it was doable. But I was very cold. 
and yeah. very wet. And I remember at one point when, like, after I'd already put everything together, I was like, okay, that needs to simmer for 20 minutes. I went up in the tent <laughs> <laughs> and waited for 20 minutes with the buddy heater on me. Yeah. And then I went back down. Yeah. So, you know, for us, we always kept cheese and crackers, some kind of fruit, nuts, uh, anything kind of charcuterie board ish right. on hand always because mm-hmm. you never knew like even if you were riding down the trail like i could just grab that stuff chop it up while we we're bouncing down the trail right. and feed everybody well and that was that that's the thing of having a, a light simple easy lunch you're just trying to grab a few calories for the day right um get you through to dinner yeah, when you get, got to camp get a bit of variety and shoot sometimes if we were on a roll we might not have food till two or two thirty yeah um, but or then, if we got a late start, and then you realize you know. everybody's hangry. What's wrong? Oh, yeah. Oh, Let's pull eat. over and and, yeah. and whip something up really quick. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, more often than not, we we would have a very basic, basic very lunch. snacky lunch, or um, like turkey sand, like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Like lunch was always usually like not an afterthought, but it was usually very like let's go basic here. Yeah, and roll on. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's nice having having a nice meal. That you can cook in a nice location, but it's also really helpful to have a bunch of different things that you can just kind of grab eat and, on and eat on the eat on the trail. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think we should probably touch on like the just the cleanup and the bearware kind of stuff. Sure. Uh, we get a, that question a lot about our travels in grizzly country and things like that. So, um, what was some of the steps some of the precautions that that you took while cooking and and after cooking that helped us not have any significant encounters yeah um i was always very careful to always have a garbage bag ready so i could like right after i finished something i was i threw it away um right after we finished eating we cleaned up the kitchen right away and like washed dried put everything away locked up the back of the turtle back like nothing got left out trash either went in the car or we had that cooler the bears bears yeah the proof the the international grizzly bear coalition approved cooler yeah that we didn't need to buy after no. all yeah um because we ended up usually just putting it what in the storage part portion we'd, yeah we'd put it in the storage portion of the turtle bag and lock it up yeah you know um we also there were a couple times where we actually cooked in one portion packed up cleaned up drove five eight more miles picked a camp spot and then camped there so that our food smells were different from our going to bed smells. Yeah, if we had a heavy meal, especially like if we were cooking bacon or steak or, right. or something, something that, super scented. that had, had a lot of scent, we would just whip into a picnic area, mm-hmm. cook it up. Because that was the nice part about being up north is we had a lot of daylight to work with. Yes. So we could eat dinner at 6, 7 o'clock and drive, still drive till 9 or 10 o'clock at night and still have light to set up with. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was that was really handy. But really the key is just like even after we wash dishes, like you would usually take the dish pan that we collected the water in because we usually didn't let it drain down straight into the ground where we camped. And you usually went on a little mini hike yeah. and dumped that dishwater out somewhere else too. Absolutely. Yeah. It's all those little steps that add up. Um and then we intentionally didn't camp in crowded areas where we knew there would be, right. you know, bears that were familiar, familiar with humans. With going and we were with the wild bears. <laughs> yeah. Who mostly didn't want anything to do with us. Yeah. So. So something that's very important to me mm-hmm. is, yes, I wake up hungry, but I also wake up with a need for caffeine. <laughs> and like you and especially Caroline, 
Caroline just wakes up with a song in her heart and <laughs> words to say. Uh-huh. Um, and you usually can go, you'll go and film, you'll go and conversate with Caroline, you'll you'll do a bunch of other things before you even you've even had coffee. Whereas like I literally roll out of the tent and go straight to the kitchen and start making <laughs> coffee. Stumble for the coffee cup. Yeah. <laughs> so we've always kind of had we have over time had this coffee evolution yes. of how we've ground it <laughs> and made it. Uh-huh. Uh, and so in the very beginning, we bought ground coffee and we did the jet boil, mm-hmm. which which really classically is a French press. True. So, you know, you have your specific jet boil brand mm-hmm. and it goes on a little propane tank. Boil the water, pour the coffee in, really and then easy. you have a little French really press quick, top. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. super quick. It was great, and it was even nice for like on the trail. You know, if we wanted an afternoon cup of coffee, we just whipped that out Did and that had coffee times. in three minutes. Right. You know? Yeah, do that several times. Um, but then we decided that we were like, we we kind of wanted something that was better for pictures. Oh well, yeah, I right. Mean, that and just to test some just different try things. Something sure. new. Yeah. yeah. So then we ended up getting the our little red percolator which right. we used the whole time we traveled <laughs> and now that i know that there are much faster easier ways to make coffee i'm like gosh that would have been so nice <laughs> yeah the percolator what would you say we were probably 70 percent satisfied with if like, even that maybe. sometimes like it depended on the coffee and it depended on how long you put it and man as soon as you're done cooking it it was cooling off so, so freaking fast, fast yeah. especially with our little enamel cups and stuff yeah but but it it was fine. My favorite thing, or I thought was one of the better steps that we made is when I, I convinced you that I wanted a hand crank coffee grinder. Right. And you're like, well, why do you want to do that? I'm like, because you can buy whole bean coffee is way cheaper than ground coffee. And if we want it to taste fresh and we're going to take the time to percolate it, we're going to grind it. And so y'all have seen <laughs> in many an episode <laughs> with my little thing. I kind of was. I kind of was doing that. It was a little therapeutic. Oh no, I, I totally get it. I totally get it because, like, flash forward to like right now, and I'm all about the pour over. Yeah, you are. And it's not so much the taste as it is the evolution of the methodic bring, feeling. Well, bringing it. the water up to boil and putting, you know, get, getting the cup out and, and putting the funnel on it and all that kind of stuff, and then you then you pour the water on just enough to get the grounds wet and then they bloom (laughs) and like you you Um, just kind of it's just this therapeutic yeah just to create something and it's a it's a moment where you know my mind's already always racing you know as soon as i get out of bed Uh in the mornings and so for me to have that little pause to create you know this this drink of coffee that may or may not be fantastic but the whole evolution is just, it's like a little piece of art. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I really enjoy, enjoy that. But back to our evolution. Yeah. And so I, by the time we were done traveling, I was like, Kev, I'm over this percolator. I have to try something new. Yeah. And we had traveled with Live Work Wonder and they always did a little mocha pot. And I was like, well, what do you do with that? She was like, I basically make a latte every day. I was like, nuh-uh. She's like, yeah, I'll make you one tomorrow morning. I was like, okay, only if you really want to. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Oh, son. That won me over. It, and then I started trying different types of milks and maple syrup and honey, and oh, I got a little fancy. With it, it was like a Starbucks 
I mean, you just, you never knew what you were going to come out with. Here, yeah. try this. Try this, Kev. Try this. And every one of them was freaking amazing. Yeah. And even when it was just straight, like, express, espresso. espresso. I always call it espresso. Mm-hmm. Espresso. Um, it was still good. Dude, it was so, we need to, we need to use that again. We do. We haven't soon. used it in a while. But yeah. But then from there, we just recently started incorporating a French press again mm-hmm. because you had found an insulated craft. Yeah. Vacuum insulated, yeah. right? Yeah. So like it will stay hot mm-hmm. in there while we're sipping on some and cooking breakfast. We can warm it back up. Bada bing, bada boom. Absolutely. So I'm I'm liking that because all I have to do is heat up the water, pour it in. I can leave that alone while I start something else. It's ready. It's true. And then there's coffee. Yeah, so. it's probably the least labor-intensive process that, that we've come across so far. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's why I like it because yeah. I'm always looking for efficiency. Right. So. Well, and, and the the other big upgrade is going from just the standard enamel cups. Now we have like our own Topo oh, Bear yes. insulated mugs, dude. Those things are unreal. Like I, I told you the other day, I was like, they're insulated so well that like it, the outside doesn't even get hot. So like, how am I supposed to warm up my cold hands on a <laughs> on a cold camp morning? Yeah, yeah, that's a trade off. Uh, but 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 your coffee stays warm for yeah. forty five minutes as opposed to five minutes. Yeah. And it was so, like your weight, it's scalding hot, scalding hot. And then as soon as it got the right temperature, you were like, go, 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 go. You had to check it. And you would get about half of it. And then the rest of it, it would just be kind of cold. Yeah. So these new ones are really, really nice. So They are great. I guess this is a good moment to pause and uh, bring up another one of our sponsors of the show. www.overlandstyle.com. <laughs> That's right. Your source for all things Lifestyle Overland. No, seriously, we just created this new shopping experience over on Shopify. It's much better than what we were using in the past. And we have this whole experiential packaging thing, too, where you get, like, when you unbox it, Oh yeah! You just it's, never know. It's like, phenomenal. There's creative stamps. There's handwritten notes. notes there's, yeah. like... We want you to feel appreciated when you support us, whether yes. whether you're a patron or, or a subscriber or you buy a shirt or something like that. And that's something that we've wanted for a long time. Exactly. We just didn't know where to start. Oh, that's it. That's it. And so we've just finally... Bit the bullet. We and... bit the bullet. We stepped back and we, we, we said, okay, we want to change this whole experience. We want people to feel appreciated and... and and we do it all with 100% re- recycled packaging material yeah. and stuff like that. It's so great. Um, our good friend Leah of um, Forerunner for Adventure mm-hmm. over in Phoenix is managing the store for us now. And she's doing just a phenomenal job. So if you guys are curious as to where you can get a Lifestyle Overland branded mug, t-shirt, mug, t-shirts, sweater, patches, hat. stickers, all that good stuff, www.overlandstyle.com. <laughs> For your source of all things Overland. That's right. That's right. Um, and sneak peek, we're actually working with some other creators mm-hmm. to put their merch on the store as well. Because guess what? They're just as busy as we are. Yeah. And their subscribers want so bad to buy their merch, but they don't have time. Yep. So we've talked to Leah and we're like, hey. Let's do a one-stop let's, shop Let's experience. do this. Let's create this trading post of... 
Overland Creator uh, merch. Mm-hmm. So we're we're working towards that. It's coming together. It's pretty exciting stuff. It's really it's really such a great idea. It really is because like that was our issue when we went full full time. Is we were like I was like. I don't want to carry this stuff around and try and mail stuff while we're oh, like traveling full time. No. Like that's not part of the experience. No. no. So. And and huge huge shout out to Claire who was managing our store before. Oh, absolutely. She, she just knocked it just out. Just out of nowhere was like, well, I'll do it for you. And we're like, really? <laughs> yeah. She just knocked it out of the park. But all of our merch is made in Phoenix. And so, you know, we're just trying to cut down on our costs and stuff like that. And she's gotten really busy with her other business opportunities. And so. Um, yeah, it was a good good opportunity for us to shift things around. So right. really excited about about where it's going from here. Absolutely. So, anyhow, www.overlandstyle.com. <laughs> well, I don't know about you, but all this talk of food has got me snacky, really, snacky. really hungry. So two last questions. Yes. And then we'll wrap this up. Okay, I'm ready. Number one. Yeah. What is your favorite kitchen item or items? Uh, griddle or the stainless steel griddle that we have. It's aluminum. Oh, excuse me. Aluminum. Anodi- That's right. And let's fill people in really quick. Okay. Anodized aluminum. Mm-hmm. So you're not eating aluminum. I've had a lot of people say I'm going to get Alzheimer's because we cook on that and it's <laughs> not true. It's anodized. You're not contacting aluminum. Anyhow, go for it. We're probably getting more from our deodorant we than are. anything else. That's okay. But anyway. uh, So the griddle and then probably... Dang. The wooden tongs. The bamboo tongs. You like those. You <laughs> well, like we those. Always, I, I like I like anything wooden. Uh-huh. I like I like to sometimes think that I'm like a good old pioneer. Uh-huh. You know, so I do love using wooden spoons. Yeah. So these are bamboo tongs. Yes. And they're in the store too. Mm-hmm. But they're so handy. They're so handy. It's so <laughs> nice. I love it for flipping toast, flipping bacon. Yeah. Like it's just. It's just an extension of your fingers. It's what you want to be able to do. Right. But it's too hot but to do. But you really shouldn't. Yeah. So yeah. it just replaces your fingers. So I'd probably much. say the griddle in that. Okay. Okay. Um, last question. What's the one thing that you feel like you're missing in your camp setup? Okay. <laughs> well, really nothing. Okay. I don't feel like I'm missing anything. But you have something new <laughs> that you have tried. I haven't gotten to try it yet. I've uh-huh. only seen it in videos. So this is a question for me that I'm asking myself. Right, because I don't feel like I'm missing anything. But what? Until you try it. Right. Right. So the episode that is going live tomorrow night um, debuts a product that I picked up for $36. Wow, that's all? Yeah. So it's a cam, a camin. It's a Coleman cook stove, cook oven. It's cook an, oven. it's, it's, it's Coleman camp oven is the name of it. And it's the cheesiest construction, <laughs> but it works. I mean, if you think about it, an oven, all it is is a box that retains heat. That's all you're looking for. Right. And put that puppy on, the partner still cooked me up some, me and Keith cooked up some um, cinnamon rolls. You did biscuits the first time, right? And then, the, yeah, that's true. The, so the, the the day before we did biscuits, biscuits with chorizo, chorizo gravy, gravy, which we'll do on a episode oh, coming heaven. up as well. Yes. But the being time. able to bake something, I can't, like, imagine. like It would have been nice for, like, once a month having to get to bake cookies. Yes. You know, like those break-apart ones right. that you can buy? Uh-huh. 
like there were times where you know Caroline and I were like, it'd be so nice if we could bake something right now. Uh-huh. You know, not that I would probably realistically try to bake like chicken or anything maybe in that oven. Sure, I don't know. Maybe we'll have to experiment something while we're on well, quarantine. And your uh, sourdough that you're planning on doing, you yeah. could do sourdough biscuits in there. So yeah, we're gonna play with that some more. Yeah, but yeah. To, that is to answer my own question. Right. <laughs> you don't know what you're missing. Right. Okay. Okay. I do. Okay. And it is an oven. Now, granted, I, I'm not going to recommend the product. I've got some ideas, you know, for the future of of that whole evolution, and I won't go into details just yet. But, but it was fun to experiment with. It yeah. really was, yeah. and it's given me some awesome ideas. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, the uh, the campfire is beginning to uh, to go. Get down a little low here. It's just a bunch of glowing coals and embers, and my stomach is rumbling with all (laughs) these ideas of food. And all I want to do is go film Sarah cooking now. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm kind of like, I want to go cook something. I know. I know. So we'll probably... You know, get the turtle back out and film some stuff while we're in quote-unquote quarantine. (gasps) I just had an idea. Oh, did you? Share it. Or don't. Well, like... for like the oven thing? Yeah. Nachos. Dude, that would be so good on the trail. Like, like a little cheese, a little bit of carne asada, a little bit of refried beans on yeah. top of those puppies. I love it. And then have like a bar so you can do like tomatoes or oh, lettuce or, yeah. you know, kind of. Well, and it also changes the campfire pizza game because now we're not having to like improvise. True. So, ooh, oh, we'll have to retry that one now. I know. So see, you didn't even know you were missing it. That's true. That's right. So exciting stuff, guys. Yeah. We're learning. Um, definitely stay tuned for more cooking uh, episodes and stuff that we're going to be sharing on on Patreon and, and uh, from time to time on YouTube as well. So, yeah, that wraps up. Camp Kitchen. Camp Kitchen. What a Wow, I didn't realize we were going to talk for almost an hour and a half about kitchen stuff. But I love food. I love the kitchen. That's where I thrive. Yeah. So I you shouldn't have been that surprised. Maybe not. Maybe not. Well, <laughs> when we were discussing the idea and I was like throwing out all these topics and things, you were like totally silent and so I was a little bit afraid that this well, this is going to be a short conversation, but inside you're like, "Oh, dude, I've Don't got worry. this." I do. I got this. I did. And you did. You nailed it. Thanks. It was absolutely awesome. Well, once again, it was Great to sit down and have a conversation with you. It's been too long. I know. Oh my goodness, people were like, "When's the next podcast coming out?" And we're like, <laughs> we don't "Guys, know. we're so busy with other things and stuff." But finally, we here have we a are. Little downtime now. <laughs> a little bit of downtime. Well, I don't have downtime, but we're going to make a concerted effort to record more of these because we know that they really help you guys um, get the inside scoop, the full story, not, right? Not just a twenty-minute video where you see you know, 30 seconds of Sarah cooking, but you know, now you have the full story of what, what she uses. So don't forget, uh, if you want to see the products and stuff, amazon.com slash shop slash lifestyle overland. And we'll be putting more of our gear in there as well as we go forward. We do make a small commission off of that. So if you start there, when you start outfitting your camp kitchen, even if you don't buy what's in an, in our store, as long as you start there, it actually goes towards our, our commission as well. So it's a great way to build your, set up as you support us win-win win 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 thank you guys for joining us we've had a blast we hope you enjoy this podcast and we will see you on the next episode
safe travels. Perfect. That was so good. That was so good. I enjoyed that. Yeah. But I am hungry now. My ears hurt now. Oh, do they? <laughs>